Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. At some point in our lives, at multiple points, we all grieve in ways personal and public, in ways silent and loud. These days, though, grieving has taken on new forms. Because of the coronavirus pandemic, we can't yet safely soothe those who have lost loved ones with a hug or an arm around the shoulder. We can't yet, for fear of spreading the virus, gather safely to say goodbye. We can't be there for others physically, and others can't be there for us. And experts say that being there is one of the most important parts of the grieving process. It's been devastating. For the article that this episode is based on, How Stuff Works spoke with Catherine Shear, a professor of psychiatry in the Columbia School of Social Work and the founding director of the Center for Complicated Grief at Columbia University. She said, I think that I would say we're probably, on average, we're probably doing okay. One of the things we're doing is acknowledging it, which is huge. Often, grief is something that we kind of half-acknowledge. As a nation, Shear says, it took the U.S. some time to face up to the very real impact that the pandemic is having. She points to memorials that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris held in Washington, D.C., initially as president and vice president-elect, and later as president and vice president, as important, if somewhat belated, first steps. Shear said, that kind of thing we're not doing very well with, and we need to do better because it's very helpful. And of course, we're not doing well with the disparity issues either. We're subjecting some of our most vulnerable populations to grief as well as death. But the spotlight on grief as the pandemic has worn on has intensified, and that's good. Shear said, There's been a massive increase in the interest in understanding grief and helping the public understand it and deal with it. In that way, I think we're doing very, very well. Finally, we're paying attention to something that is always important in our lives. People are so much more aware and respectful of grief than they were a year ago. The amount of grief that has accompanied the pandemic is staggering in itself. Around 543,000 people have died in America alone and close to 3 million worldwide. Coupled with the restrictions put on us in our grieving, the damage to the living is compounded. Those normal rituals of grieving, things like funerals and wakes, family meals, family and friends gathering, are extremely important. Shear said, they help you feel like you belong. Everyone is joining you. It's something familiar. It sort of brings you into the living world. It acknowledges things have changed for you in a big way. There are so many benefits to those rituals. We have to simultaneously accept the death and honor the person who died and also move forward in our own lives. Without those rituals, especially early in 2020 at the beginning of the pandemic, people felt lost. But as the pandemic has stretched into a second year, people have found alternative ways to grieve. Video chat funerals can be attended by people in different homes, cities, states, or even more distant. Support groups have flourished online. Online church services have helped many. Phone calls between and among loved ones have been used with great effectiveness. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention suggests that family and friends can honor those lost by reciting a poem or religious verse within their own households. Loved ones can be remembered by launching blogs or memory books online with friends and family contributing. Shear said, I think many people are being quite creative and trying to do, contextually, the usual rituals, 
And I do think that's helpful. It's still not quite the same, so it's a challenge. Shear's Center for Complicated Grief focuses on several steps in the road toward healing using the acronym HEALING. Honor your loved ones and yourself. Discover your own interests and values. Ease emotional pain. Open yourself to emotions, both painful and pleasant ones. A trust that you can deal with emotional pain. It doesn't control you. Accept grief and let it find a place in your life. Learn to live with the reminders of your loss. Integrate memories of your loved one. Let them enrich your life, help you learn and grow. Narrate the stories of the death for yourself. Share them with others. And finally, gather others around you. Connect with your community. Let people in and let them support you. Creativity in finding safe ways to work on these steps is key until vaccines are more widely available. Sheer said, One of the basic premises that I work with is that we all have a natural adaptive capacity, specifically for adapting to loss. If you think about it, loss is ubiquitous in human experience. If we couldn't do that, if we couldn't adapt, we couldn't have a human race, basically, because when we're grieving intensely, it's very, very debilitating. When things open up, people will have the opportunity to join with friends and family to honor the person who died. Maybe it won't be a funeral per se, but we can have a memorial, and that's something we often do later anyway. We'll be able to more easily visit the cemetery and those things. We'll be able to re-engage with people. Of course, all of this is to say that an important part of coping with grief after the loss of a loved one is taking care of yourself. Grief can be overwhelming both physically and mentally, and maybe more so during the pandemic. So doing what you can to eat well, exercise, and get a decent amount of sleep is paramount. Small steps are okay. Today's episode is based on the article, COVID-19 Has Changed How We Mourn, on HowStuffWorks.com, written by John Donovan. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio, in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com, and is produced by Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.